Hello, and welcome to an intro to Anthro with Two Humans. I'm human number one, John McRae. And I'm human number two, John Lear. And this is the podcast where we reassess what it means to be human. And the title of this episode is, Can't You Make Him a Pair of Marble Underwear? Is it art or is it pornography? <laughs> so, so John, John, we've, uh, as we said before, we've discussed some controversial topics in this podcast. Uh, mm. We've talked about masturbation. Yes, we have. Noses, we, which turned very <laughs> controversial. Yeah, that really got people uh, racism. worked up. Racism. Racism. Uh, contraception, we talked about. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and Bigfoot. Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot is always controversial. So, By the way, uh, I want to do a plug for the Bigfoot Cafe, owned by friend of the show, David DeLuise. Uh, really? Pine Mountain. If you're ever in Pine Mountain, California, just outside of Los Angeles... There is a cafe called the Bigfoot Cafe. <laughs> I, my dream is that the two of us will do a remote uh, live show. Oh yeah, the Bigfoot Cafe. But uh, yeah, did you say owns owns or just frequents? He, he owns, owns it. it. He owns it. Yeah, oh with his wife Julia. Yeah, it's That's so fantastic. great. And the merch, the merch is unbelievable. You got to yeah. check out the merch. You'll be receiving some for your birthday from me. Uh, <laughs> that's that's wonderful. Uh, yeah, that's the uh, Yeti Love Yeti Love yeah. Convention built in right there. We got the venue already. All we need there is we go. Uh, boom. We'll all bring our coloring <laughs> books and we'll be good to go. <laughs> get your get your costumes and your coloring books and uh we'll, we still all we need is ford and uh jack links to come on board as our sponsors we we'll put that in the it. pitch we're working yeah. on it uh but anyway john today we're going to be talking about something that could be controversial it's mm-hmm. uh art we're jumping into the the debate about whether it's art or pornography oh boy boy this is far <laughs> smarter people have tried to tackle this arena i know i know and uh and of course we're going to be talking about um naked statues and naked art so i i hope you're mature enough to I, sit there throughout this i most certainly am <laughs> oh, no oh, no john has found the button on uh, Podbean to yeah. add some sounds to this. Uh, I, I was going effect. to. <laughs> I was going to say though, if you're not, please get up and just walk out into the hallway, and the rest <laughs> let the rest of us listen to the uh, listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Or go into your bathroom. You right, know, right. And we all know what you're doing in there. Right. Listen to a podcast. Uh, <laughs> and. Yeah, and just so that brings up another topic. If you're listening to this one at work, we're going to be talking about some. It, it's going to get a little racy. We're going to be yeah. talking about art, salacious, right, yeah. right. So now is the time to put on your ear, your earbuds, yeah. <laughs> your earbuds, yeah. or your headphones, or like be John says, wore your tidy whities to work today. <laughs> Take your lunch break <laughs> and go in the bathroom at work. Uh. First off, John, I know you live in Los Angeles, which oh my is God, the I thought porn- you were going to say, John, I know you use a lot of pornography. <laughs> no, but you you live in Los Angeles that yes, uh, it's the porn capital of the world. 
It That's certainly is. However, today I'm coming from the uh, from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm on tour, <laughs> so I'm not in Los Angeles. So far cry from the LA. But yeah, yeah uh, the Valley uh, is probably right. is the biggest producer of pornography uh, uh, ever. And um, I've seen a little bit because I've shot stuff in the Valley. Where, for example, I was shooting a um, low budget thing in the valley and I went to a sub a subway sandwich shop. (laughs) This was deep in the valley. And it's me and, you know, like four guys in line getting our subway sandwiches. And all of a sudden, Ox walks in a porn star straight off from the porn set. She's got a robe (laughs) on. She's... (laughs) She's got, I mean, clearly yeah, uh, yeah. a porn star walks in to get her, uh, her six inch BMT with the rest <laughs> of it. Just another day of work at, uh, in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah. So what they don't even give up, they don't have a craft services out there for them. They just apparently just go get your own sandwich, go get your own sandwich no, and we'll feed you back and. Apparently not at this one. No, no she, <laughs> she she had a lunch break and went, you know, just like yeah. the rest of us. There was a construction guy, uh, you right, know, an office right. guy, me, and a porn queen. I would say it probably employs the porn industry. Probably employs more like uh, cameramen. <laughs> Actually, more more. I don't know about actors, but but, but more actor or more film people. Costume people and makeup people, I, I'd say it rivals the the regular industry. Oh, for sure. I, I think it. <laughs> well, I mean, now things have changed where there's a lot of porn done at home, but yes, yeah, at its yeah. height, yeah, for sure. And I have a lot of right. friends who have worked on porns. Uh, they don't. Right, they don't like right. the, you know crew members and such. Where you talk to them and it's like, yeah, I, I yeah, I've done a couple. It's, a, it's work. But, you got to make a living. You, gotta, <laughs> you know what? I mean? Yeah, sometimes you gotta. You got to pay the piper. Right. I had a friend who was a uh, award-winning costume designer, but again, had to work on a porn one time. Yeah. <laughs> because yep. it was just like, you need to pay the rent. You know what That's I mean? That's right. That's right. An Emmy will only take you so far. Right, right. <laughs> it may even get harder to get work after you get like an award because <laughs> yeah, then people right. are like, oh, we can't afford them now. Yeah, but the, the porn industry is like, look, here's the flat fee. You want it or not? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> we'll see you Tuesday morning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I don't know how, how many people are looking at the costumes and porns. They're not right. on there for very long. Oh, they're you important. Know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a plumber outfit, cheerleading outfit. You know, there's some classics. You got to have them. I, th- I think that, you know, there was a time back when it was like actually people shooting on film where you had yeah. to have quality film people making porns. Yeah. But, you know, in Europe, they would always do those like big costume drama porn <laughs> so yeah. it'd be like and i'm not talking about just caligula i'm talking about yeah. like ones where it'd be like you know uh dostoevsky's i don't know <laughs> notes from the underground or i don't know pornography with tolstoy or something <laughs> um so john have you ever I, i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna put you on the spot have you ever made a quote-unquote art film Meaning no, a porn. Uh, I've never been asked to. Uh, <laughs> never even close. Uh, yeah. Not even by a partner just to play for ourselves. No one's yeah. asked me. No yeah. one wants to see me uh, <laughs> film naked. Not even my own yeah. partners. Yeah. yeah, I have that one time uh, years ago. I happened to 
have caught myself in a mirror one time in a hotel room. Uh-huh. And it, and that's the last thing I want to see is like this yeah. really pale, bald guy that kind of looks like Gollum. <laughs> like like, like having sex, shape. you know what I mean? You've got a good body. You got a good, you got yeah. a flat tummy. Come on. Come on. Come yeah. On. <laughs> you a nice rump on you. There's a good, you got a, you, yeah. You're a handsome man. Shocking. It was yeah. just shocking when I saw it. Yeah. Like yeah. the last thing I, but I don't want it to be, well, we're improv guys. You know, yeah. we're, we like improv. Yeah. So it's like, we don't want to see it on film. Film ruins it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. We work live. We work live. It's it's ephemeral. And it's sometimes more ephemeral than we want it to be. (laughs) It's ephemeral. A couple of minutes of a couple of minutes of ephemera and then it's it's over. That's it. That's all you need. Uh, But you have done nude scenes before, though, right? I have. And uh, I've done. uh, Well, one, really. Uh, I did. (laughs) <laughs> we pitched a comedy that was about a streaker uh, and we shot it and, and uh, we shot me naked and then blurred it out. And I remember it was a really funny pitch and it was about a streaker who had, uh, yeah. who had uh, he'd retired and he was coming back, right. but he was getting sponsors. And uh, yeah. so I like had a nice push <laughs> on my back. Uh, anyway, hard to explain, but a good pitch. And yeah. uh, boy, we showed it to our agents at CAA, and man, yeah. I have never—you couldn't hear a pin drop. They were all <laughs> looking at that, just going, "What the fuck? You want us to sell this?" Yeah. Uh, were you like, uh, "Yeah, go ahead." Were you like, uh, "Do you want to see it again?" Answer <laughs> 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 <are> sitting there. <laughs> Should we play it again? Maybe you missed it. It was so funny. I thought it was so yeah. funny because there was nothing sexual about it. It was all just right. awkward and flaccid and, you know, just like, you know, yeah. it was it was really funny. But <laughs> do you I still have that? Can, can we? I, can yes, we... <laughs> I still have that. Do you want to post that? Yeah. Can we post it's pretty that? Wrong. <laughs> even a still. I would say even a still. Maybe that. I could grab a still from that for sure. Um, okay. And then I shot a series for um, uh, Crackle, Sony Crackle, yeah. called Jailbait. And there was a scene <laughs> where I needed to get uh, frisked by a yeah. uh, 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 by the you know the sheriff was frisking me. Right. You know when you're arrested, you know they check you out. And uh, yeah. so we did we did it with a dance <laughs> belt, which is kind of a thing that kind of covers you up barely but it does do the job yeah and we were shooting because it was improv we were shooting it with three cameras so you know nancy was always the director was always seeing a strap or something she was just like at the very end she was like listen can we do one with (laughs) i have it and i'm like let's make some art let's make some art (laughs) and i was sick as a dog i was like i had the flu something i had a fever i was just i was really sick and i was just like i just yeah. wanted it to be over i was like yes okay and so we shot it and then and nancy's like okay we got it and they, <laughs> they're packing up the equipment and i'm just sitting there and i felt like you yeah. know like uh you know what it must feel like to be just like feeling you know uh, abused and and sort of like <laughs> i just grabbed my clothes and like wandered off <laughs> How was it? Was it? Were you self conscious about like walking around all the crew? Because there's a lot of people standing around. 
like just watching. <clears throat> yeah, there were about eight people there, nine people uh, looking at me, and who knows how many people looking on the monitor. So yeah, I, you know, <laughs> but I was just so sick, and I knew no one yeah. was interested in me in seeing me. You know, ever, no, right, I, right. I, I, I was the one who wanted to see me more the most of the group. And uh, yeah. I didn't even see it, so that's how bad it was. But uh, no, I was just glad it was over. Everybody was glad yeah. it was over. <laughs> uh, how about uh, sex scenes? Have you ever had to do scenes where you're? I, I think a yeah. quick draw you had to do. Yes, some sex I've scenes, done. Right? I've done some love scenes, not many, but uh, yeah. enough to know that it is um, not at all what you thought it would be. There's nothing really, <laughs> at least for me, nothing pleasant yeah. about it. Nothing, quote unquote, enjoyable. Uh, everybody's like, right. oh, the you know the actresses that I, some of the actresses I've been in loves are you know drop dead gorgeous, but yeah. it's just so awkward and it's just so uncomfortable. There's nothing fun about yeah. it. Nothing. <laughs> I don't enjoy one moment of it. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but- what? <laughs> would you say that your uh, the 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 nude scenes and the sexy? Would you consider those art or would you consider those pornography? I would consider them art. They were, yeah. I mean, it, they were comedies. They were meant to be funny. They were meant to entertain. Right. They were not meant to be prurient. They were just to, to show, a, you know, another location where human beings exist. Uh, right. There was right. nothing, uh, nothing about it. Uh, <laughs> well, well, the reason I bring that up to is that sometimes uh, it's very hard to say if something is art or pornography, because yeah. it's completely Famously, subjective. The Supreme, yeah, the Supreme Court. I'll know it when I see it. Right? Right. right. <laughs> That's right. They said that back in 1964 in the case yeah. of Supreme Court Justice famously said, I'll, I'll know, know it when I see it. it. <laughs> yeah. uh, great. Uh, but on their website, Art Finder says, quote, art is subjective, which makes the controversy about what's art and what's porn all the more difficult. And they continue, quote, for some, a simple nude figure is enough to be porn, while others don't consider artworks porn until there's visible penetration. Unquote. Oh, I don't know who that is. Anybody who's masturbated to the Sears catalog knows that almost anything can be porn. Yeah. I like, though, that they kind of give us a, a benchmark for people. You yeah. know? It's like, is it new to visible penetration? Somewhere yeah. in there could be. Those are, we've got our, we've, we've set our boundaries. Uh, and, and you know, I, I always find that, you know, having worked at the O'Keefe Museum, which a lot yeah. of sexual artworks, a lot of, you know, and her, Alfred Stieglitz was her husband, who was a photographer, did a lot of nudes. And she uh, hers was all vaginal. I mean, everything. Right. God, <laughs> flowers and everything. Yeah, yeah. And she always said it wasn't. She always said like, "Oh, people are misinterpreting it." It's like you know what? Yeah, right. <laughs> I could take that up to a point, but you know, yeah. it's like with every single one looks yeah. like a vagina. You know, maybe it's yeah. you. Maybe it's you. Yeah, Keith. But uh, but you know, it's what I always found is that how people interpret an artwork often says more about the viewers inner thoughts and beliefs as, as much about the artists. So if someone, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for example, yeah. if I'm undressing you right now in my mind, mm-hmm. you're not doing anything. <laughs> right. You handsome right. devil. <laughs> right. 
Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I could feel it. I thought you were, but I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> over the monitor, it's kind of hard to tell. I couldn't tell if you put your computer down. Believe me, if I was there, you'd be able to tell. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you would think that over 3,000 years of civilization, we would have come to some conclusion about this argument, or at least it, it just come to some understanding about like, you do what you want to do. I'll do what mm -hmm. I want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll all be fine. Everybody just kind of do what they want to do. Yeah. And, and, you know, to me, honestly, I think uh, whatever two consenting adults or uh, even a group of consenting adults <laughs> want to yeah, do together, uh -huh. that's, that's none of my business. You know what right. I mean? It's like, right. Um, right. and, and, and you know, as long as gets hurt, I always draw the line with right. if somebody gets hurt or, right. or against would, their will. Right. But those you, those but are you, the two yeah. or kids or kids. So I would say uh, unless they, somebody gets hurt as, as long as they're not being forced to do something they don't want to do, as long as children aren't involved, I'm like, go have fun. You guys, yeah. <laughs> Just go. Well, no animals. Let's, well, I don't think the animals, hmm. cause they, they don't know what's going on. Right, right. Uh, but the thing is, we're going in, in this episode. We're not talking about whether pornography is good or bad, and tr not trying to make a moral judgment on it. And I think we may have to come back sometime and do pornography and why people uh, create and watch pornography. Mm. But this episode is is just going to be about the question of is it art or is it pornography. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you mentioned, this this argument's been around forever. Back in the 80s, people always looked at there was controversy about uh, the photographs of Robert Maplethorpe, for example. Yes. yes. And and some people called them uh, pornographic. Uh, I love Maplethorpe's work. We'll, we'll discuss Maplethorpe a little bit more later. Um and then, you know, just last year, the argument came up again when a school principal in Florida was forced to resign when a sixth grade art history class was shown photos of Michelangelo's statue of David. You're kidding. No, no. It was a oh. huge controversy. And, and apparently... Did you see that statue? Was that at the Louvre? <laughs> was I, no, I... Or was I it, don't think David was at the Louvre, but we oh, we saw some nude, oh boy, some nude photos we, at the Louvre. Oh Ooh. man, <laughs> that Venus de Milo, the victory of the Samatras really yeah. got me going. <laughs> those yeah. wings, just imagining those wings. Those wings. Uh, but anyway, the controversy was that the usually the school would send out to parents beforehand, letting them know what they were going to be teaching in school. And, and I don't remember growing up ever the school ever sending out anything to my parents. No. What we were no. being taught. No. And, the and I remember send it out and the parents didn't want it. Nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like just... our parents were working. It was just like, keep them busy. Yeah, whatever it is. Maybe maybe now they'll pay attention in class. You show some naked statues or something. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but anyway, what really captured the attention of newspapers from around the world last year was that the, uh, and this caused the story to blow up, was that one of the parents, and this was just one of the parents, uh, said that they thought Michelangelo's David was pornographic. Mm. Okay. 
Mm. And uh, saying, in essence, that the school had exposed the kids to pornography by showing them Renaissance art. Mm. And and then Florence, Italy, somehow Florence, Italy heard about it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The Italians jumped in. Yeah. The, the city itself got upset. And uh, because its most famous statue had been called pornographic. Yes. And in an article for NPR, Juliana Kim says that the mayor of Florence personally invited the fired principal to Florence and said that uh, whoever teaches such art deserves respect. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. nice that so, he got a trip to Florence. Right, right. It was a her actually. Did you really script. just let the parents know? I mean, I think I think in this day, you send out a ditto or an email. Yeah, yeah. You send out an email. Hey, we're teaching this. Let us know if it's a problem for you. Right. Or don't bring your right. kid. But yeah, I guess it's me, hard it's, to outguess. Yeah. I would thinking. say you have to be safe now. You know how people are. People get, you know, flip out about everything now. They're just yeah. looking for an excuse to flip yeah. out. They don't even know why they're flipping out or what they're right. looking at. They just want to That's flip out. True. So true. And, and they said that, you know, in the past, uh, they had always sent that thing out, but for whatever reason this year, the email didn't go out. Oh, but, man. Guy yeah. losing his job over <laughs> an email not going out. I know. It's really like still sitting in the draft status. Yeah. God, like, oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, no. Why didn't oh, I no. hit send? Uh, but the thing is, you know, this happened just last year. You know, it's again, and every few years, this argument will come up. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we're going to talk about the argument, the history of the argument of is it art or is it pornography? And then, you know, at the end, hopefully we'll have a better understanding about at least the argument. And even if we still think it's por pornographic, we'll be able to say why we think it's pornographic. Well, I know? can solve it right now if you want. <laughs> okay. It's not pornographic because he's flaccid and it's, yeah. you know, done. <laughs> I was, you know, there was a time in a classical uh, education, like I would say, even when we were in school, a classical education, showing Michelangelo's David was like showing the apex, the highest part, you know, the highest level of artistic achievement. Like it's the best yeah. uh, representation of a human body ever chiseled into stone. And it was like thought to be that that's the best. And now it's like, you know, he's he's making a sex film or something. <laughs> so. Well, even when they did teach us, uh, uh, David, they and show that picture. We, I would still make dick jokes in the back. I mean, you know, when you're in middle <laughs> school, it, it, you know, yeah, yeah, you, you got to say something. <laughs> it's not, Look at that. And, and he's he's biblical too. You know, he's he's from it's David from the Bible. So did you make yeah. some joke about like oh the giant? I guess. <laughs> there's, not, there's not a giant there or something. Yeah, look at that slingshot. <laughs> uh, and so, just real quick, too, before we go on with this discussion, I just want to say uh, a couple weeks ago, one of our listeners, Josh, sent us a, a suggestion for a topic. And it was a great suggestion. Josh said, What, what about art? You know, mm. like, why do people make art? Mm -hmm. And uh, I just want to say, Josh, this isn't this isn't your episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. <laughs> this, this, we know why people make this art. 
<laughs> right, right. And, and also this this one was already on the calendar when, yeah. when Josh sent his rep, when he sent in his uh, topic suggestion. Ooh. And I had already bought a bunch of books about pornography already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, Not we will show get... either. You just had books on <laughs> pornography, period. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I had to cover myself with my wife. I don't and think say you're going to write them all off and expense it on the show now. <laughs> yeah. I may have the IRS contacting you, John, to see if we oh, actually. God. He says that like thousands of dollars worth of pornography were all for a, you know, hour long episode. Of <laughs> uh, but the thing is, we will come back to Josh's topic, which is a great topic, and discuss yeah. that in, in depth. But anyway, Josh, I don't want you getting upset and like contacting us and saying like, "Okay, you perverts," you know, yeah. I gave you a good topic about art, yeah. and you turned it into pornography. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in other words, Josh, don't don't get us fired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we won't get any chip uh, trip to Florence. Yeah, yeah, gone. nobody's contacting us. This <laughs> this is all we got. This is all we got. Is this podcast? Uh, so, John, to begin with, we need to look at the history of sex themed visual imagery. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And the reason I'm using the term sex theme visual imagery is that writers like Leon Echo say that the word pornography already has a certain meaning and loaded connotation in our culture. So if when you say, okay, we're to, is it art or is it pornography? You've already kind of made a judgment or like set up the parameters already. I see. Thing. The fact that pornography yes. is even <laughs> in the discussion already uh that it could even possibly be pornography right uh, right lean, it's yeah, already okay. it's already influenced the viewer looking okay. at it i get and that. so what echo okay. says is that you know to kind of like level the playing field when we go in to look at this as academics or as critics is that we need to set that baseline and just call it sex themed visual imagery and there, because then we can, you know, the image itself is just the image. There's no morality to the image until we as humans look at it and put our morality and our culture on top of it and make a, a judgment about it. Got it. Um, so, and what Echo says is that the, the term sex theme visual expressions refers to representations of nudity in explicit scenes of human sexual conduct. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah, here yeah. we go. <clears throat> and uh, and again, on their website, Art Finder says that erotic art has to be considered within context. And, and we've talked about in anthropology and archaeology about the importance of context, that in, in order to understand something, even archaeologically, in order to understand an artifact, you have to look at the context in which that artifact was made and the context in which that artifact was used. Okay. And, and that's kind of the same thing that we're talking about with, with these uh, sex themed visual imagery. You have to look at the context in which they were originally created or (laughs) I don't want to use the term used, but yeah, but I mean, but how people experienced them at the time. So the assumption is, is if, if it's not designed to be pornography and it's not pornography within the context of the creation or what it was meant to communicate. Right. Right. Then it's not pornography, but can't people, I, okay, I guess that makes sense. Cause I'm going back to the Sears catalog. 
Right, you know, right. You get you get women and men pictures of women and men in underwear who are selling underwear. They're not right. trying to. Uh, <laughs> and the fact that you find it pornographic yeah. has nothing to do with the Sears catalog in and of itself. Right, right. Just, so okay. you are, you are the one putting it on. But have we ever called the Sears catalog pornographic? Of course. Or, I would say National Geographic as well, because right. for many, right. many decades, uh, the first visual images of nudity that mm-hmm. you know young men in America got was looking at the National Geographic. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. So, now, um, though, it's a whole different thing. Now with the phone, right. they just go right to it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it, it, it's just available all the time. The fact that somebody would be upset about Michelangelo's David knowing that their kid has a phone. I know. Probably- I know. Or has played any video game or anything. I mean, right. there's, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Echo says that human beings are sexual animals and they are also expressive religious creatures. Mm-hmm. And... And Echo says, when human sexuality, religiosity, and art mix, a sex-themed visual culture develops. And therefore, you know, archaeological, historical, and art history evidence demonstrates that in some ancient civilizations and cultures, these three dimensions of humanity coexisted harmoniously and were represented visually and communicated to large national and transnational audiences. So, So again, it's like, we're talking about here of, you know, if you look at prehistoric cave drawings, there there's also rep- sexual representations there. If you look at, um, if you go back to uh, civilizations in, in the ancient Middle East, you'll, off, you know, often find representations of sexual material there. Um, show, you know, like a, a man with an erect penis or a representation of the, the vagina, for example. And... And then you look at like the Venus of Willendorf, which is is a stone carving from about 29,000 years ago that was found in, in Austria, I think it was. And it represents a, a naked woman. And and the thing is, the question is, well, were these images meant to arouse people or was there a religious connotation to them? Right. And uh and again, I, I think that probably you would have to say, I doubt that the Venus of Willendorf was meant to be like, like a modern day playboy or something, you know, or like you sneak away from the camp and go into the cave with a torch and, and like try to find some sexy image to, uh, <laughs> you know, have a go at or something. Yeah. I don't know. You had to rely on the, on your memory. The good old fashioned <laughs> Yeah. I I remember too being in uh, Thailand and Cambodia, and you would see like um, you would see lingams, L I N G A M, which are stone representations of the the male creative force in mm-hmm. in the universe. But it's it's like a, it's like an, a phallus. You know what I mean? It would be a, a stone phallus representing the uh, like the yang or the male creative force. And then you'd see like a, uh, it's called a yoni, which would be a flat disc, which would be like the female representation of the, uh, the female representation or a female creative force. And, you know, at no time did I ever look at those and think of like, wow, check out those, <laughs> get a load what of those dildos this? or What's something. A disc? a disc doesn't get me done. I don't read the <laughs> from a disc. I know. I know. I, I, you uh, know. 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, and in the Western tradition, we had a lot of sexual themed imagery in classical Greek and Roman art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's, you, again, these were story. Usually they were representations or stories about gods and goddesses. Yes. So, yes. You know, so like you had Priapus, who was a fertility, fertility god, and mm-hmm. Priapus... <laughs> I don't know if you I know, know Priapus. <laughs> he always had, he's always represented with a large erect penis, you know. And uh, all the time, <laughs> all the time, I feel that's, bad for him. Yeah, I think there's that's where we get our medical term preopism is like yes. when someone has a medical condition where the, the penis, the, it's just a constant erection can get Ugh. very painful. Yes. Um, but anyway, but preop, you know, you'll find him or preopis, you'll find him represented on bases and murals. Uh, and, and again, it's like, was it meant to be lascivious? Was it meant to be like to arouse people? Or was it meant as a prayer, almost like a like a horseshoe above the door or something? You know, hmm. a penis instead uh, of a, an erect penis instead <laughs> of a horseshoe. Yeah, just go ahead. Just put a dildo above your door and tell people it's. You're, yeah. you're, you're pre-office. following pre-office. Yeah. <laughs> Just be, good luck good at luck. work. You know, <laughs> trying to increase sales at work. You know, <laughs> um, And then there, you know, there was other religious stories about gods and goddesses. For example, Echo talks about Leda and the swan. And that's the one where the god Zeus transformed himself into a swan to, to seduce uh, Leda, the wife of the king of Sparta. And, uh, and so you'll see like representations of, <laughs> of a nude woman with a, uh, swan between her legs, for oh, example, boy. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and later, apparently, I mean, according to one, one version of the myth is, uh, she later, uh, gave birth to two eggs from the Whoa. encounter. And one of those eggs turned out to be Helen of Troy. So you're kidding. No, no, from that's a, one of from the... a swan, <laughs> unbelievable. From a swan from goose, or I mean Zeus, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, masquerading as a swan. Anyway, wow. But again, it's a religious story. It's not meant to be like you know uh, something you read in penthouse. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. an origin story. It's how, how did Helen of right. Troy come about? Well, you're right. not going to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you better. <laughs> Put your earbuds on. Put yeah. your earbuds on. You're not going to sit down for a second. <laughs> the other one was uh, Zeus again. Zeus, you would think you're the like you're the, the head god. You know, yeah. it's like why are you having to pretend to be somebody else? You know, right? He but he, uh, <laughs> he he uh, masqueraded as a white bull uh, in order to kidnap Europa, the daughter of the king of Tyre. And then he took her to, uh, to Crete, where he ravished her, i.e. raped her, uh, and and had three sons with her. But again, this was another story where sometimes you'll see representations of a nude woman with, like, on top of a white bowl or something. Uh-huh. And, well, and, and yeah, again... That goes all the way to uh, Bianca Jagger on <laughs> top of the white horse, naked on top of the white horse at Studio 54. No, uh, very no, famous, I didn't even see that. Really? Famous photo, yes. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I, I know quite a bit about Bianca Jagger, as as we discussed. <laughs> right, she right. lived with us for six months. 
truth. <laughs> did that come up at the time or was it like a- uh, no, I, it did because I, whenever she felt like she was going to get kicked out, she would yeah. finally pony up with some stories, you know, about Mick or something. <laughs> uh, and she would just dole them out a little at a time just to keep her around. That was her, that was her really? current. Really? And yeah. I, wanted, I wanted more about the 50, Studio 54. I was like, tell me about the Studio 54. Yeah. She didn't tell much, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I wonder if there's like a... It's almost like a file of like, okay, how much is this one worth? Yeah. How many days yeah, is this one the Jagger marriage story in <laughs> South America, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, John, but all of these were, weren't were meant for arousal, like I say. They were meant, as, as you mentioned, they were origin stories. They were telling yeah. it like where people came from. Yeah. And I'll give you one example, though, of a statue that seemed to straddle the line between uh, being religious and being arousing, even in ancient Greece. And that's the Aphrodite of Nidos. Mm. And Nidos is an ancient Greek city that was in Asia Minor. And Aphrodite is the goddess of love, beauty, passion, and procreation. Okay. (laughs) And and she... uh, she was associated with the Phoenician god Astarte, I think, and then later she became associated with the Roman god Venus. Uh, and in the 4th century BCE, the artist Praxiteles made a statue of Aphrodite for a temple. Okay. Oh, okay. And what was unique about the statue, was it, it, it was the first time a goddess had been depicted in the nude. Um, okay. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but um, really? Because they were always, even before, prior to that, weren't they always just wearing loose-fitting garments? This is just yeah, the first but, time we've seen them completely naked. Well, okay. believe it or not, like the Greek culture, I mean, it was a patriarchy, but it was like usually women were, you know, sequestered or off by themselves, or like uh-huh. respectable women were. Yeah. Um and, and in the book, Art Porn, A History of Seeing and Touching, Kelly Dennis says that prior to the 4th century BCE, men were the ones who were always depicted in the nude in statues. Okay, I get it. Yeah. 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 So this was the first time, Praxiteles was the first time, or what we know of it to be the first time, that a woman or a goddess was represented naked without clothes on there's going to be a big then, google search spike uh after <laughs> this show for that. yeah 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 please yeah. go because the thing is the the aphrodite of of nidos um you know he depicted her getting out of the bath all right <laughs> and she's reaching for her robe the goddess is reaching for a robe and she has one hip stuck out yeah and she is trying to cover her pubic area with her right hand. Okay. Right. So it's Who's in there. It's well, it's supposed to be like modesty, you know what oh, I mean? I but it's she very, it's very almost photographic. Like he's captured her in movement. You in know what I mean? Kind of movement. Yes. Right. I see that. Right. And that's yeah. what's so cool about that statue. And, but the thing is, the statue of her being naked, her being coming out of the bath, <laughs> her reaching for a robe. Uh, it drove people crazy. Okay. Really? People just went nuts over this statue. And not in a good and, way. They were angry or were they, uh, was there all kinds of, uh, you know, was it, was there pro and con or was it just mostly, well, great job. Well, it, 
it drove them crazy because they were so aroused by it. I <laughs> That's why. Because, yeah, because of the way Praxiteles had carved her uh, her buttocks or derriere, <laughs> it drove people crazy. And and the legend is, and people talk about, like historians talk about, or even Roman historians talk about, is that uh, young guys on the in the city of Nidos would wait until after dark and then go up there and uh, and, and try to have sex with the statue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. what is wrong with them that's crazy they so, yeah it was like they couldn't control it and think keep in mind you know in like ancient statues were actually painted uh to look uh-huh. like natural representation so it wasn't just a, a statue right or like a like a white it marble like it was a goddess a living goddess in this wow <laughs> Wow! Right. So they would they would go up there and like wait till like you know closed or everybody was going home and then go up there and grab a little fondle off of you know the Aphrodite of Nidos. It's so. like the ancient <laughs> version of those uh, those drawings in heavy metal magazine with women yeah. riding polar bears or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, people have been doing it for thousands of years. Everybody, like, wow. you know, uh, that is truly amazing. That is amazing to me. I, you know, unfortunately, we don't have the. It, it was lost. Probably somebody, you know, took it and yeah. has it stashed under their bed somewhere. <laughs> we have no. But, uh, there's no, nothing survives of it. We've never seen right. it. No, that makes right. it all the more uh, titillating. Right, but the thing is, it was the one of the most copied statues in the classical world. So everybody was making copies of yeah. the Aphrodite of Nidos. And so we have some, and we'll take a look at one later, you and I. And <laughs> I cannot wait. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, we, we have a pretty good idea of what it looked like just from descriptions and what the copies are. But so. it's all in the subtleties, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just the, the excitement of, and probably, you know, if you can imagine, this is horrible, but if, if you can imagine if it was painted, like you'd see, you know how when you go see a bronze statue and the nose is always shiny from people yes. touching it? Yes. God only knows what that thing looked like. <laughs> How many nicks were on that butt? That stone butt, man. Somebody's job to go up there and like retouch it, oh. you know, kind of like cleaning up graffiti. You have to go Empirically, touch up there. Get up there and clean <laughs> off the statue. Oh, Jesus. Here's your God. flesh-colored, flesh-colored paint can. Get up there and oh, touch it, it up. <laughs> Uh, the other thing that Echo talks about in the classical world were temple prostitutes. Okay, so, and this goes all the way back to ancient Babylon, uh, the Code of Hammurabi, which is a legal code going back to 1700 BCE, discusses the rights of temple prostitutes. And so sex at that time in the ancient world was a religious sacrament, Echo says, an act of worship. So uh, temple prostitutes who weren't allowed to marry uh, lived together in temple in the temple complex and performed sex acts with worshipers as part of their religious duties. Wow. Yeah. So 
Uh, and even Herodotus in the histories, which was written in 400 BCE, Herodotus was a Roman historian. He talked about the shameful custom of the Babylonians in which once in their lifetime, local women would have to spend time at the temple of Aphrodite and have sex with a stranger. Wow. So, <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Uh, but but it's again, so it's awkward. God, I just put myself <laughs> in that. Oh, I gotta go up. I would just be so. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'd be like I don't know. I it's like. I mean, it's the it's certainly. <laughs> yeah, or like going to, go church, to church. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly more more exciting than like midnight mass for. <laughs> for, for you know what I mean? <laughs> I where you got to go sit midnight in midnight masses though. Yeah. But you know, when we were when Mary's folks lived in uh Lidditz, Pennsylvania, which is there's a big Amish community, but also there's uh, a lot of Moravians there, which is a German a Protestant German sect from I don't know, like the 1600s. But they have Moravian churches and they do a uh every Christmas on Christmas Eve, they do something called the Love Feast. <laughs> and the Love Feast is you go and it's just like a really positive, lots of singing and everything. And then you get uh, like a cup of coffee, like during the, the whole ceremony, you get like a cup of coffee and a little donut that they pass around to you. They That's kind of great. enjoy I the like love that. feast. Yeah. yeah, I like that. <laughs> nothing, nothing pornographic about that, but I always love the love Maybe feast. because I'm like, older, was, but I'm more interested in the coffee and the donut than I am uh, <laughs> what they were. Yeah, it's like. Don't wait till afterwards. Like, let's have it now, you know. Uh, but the thing is, and and also prostitution, Echo says, it, it, we don't remember, don't realize how the universal availability of male and female prostitutes in ancient Greece. And it was actually a sign of uh, how egalitarian democracy in ancient Greece was, is that anybody could make a living as being a prostitute. Hmm. back then hmm. <laughs> so it's like well if this doesn't work out you know i can always, I can always fall back on <laughs> yeah, i can relate i work in la you know I'm yeah not that yeah. far away and and the reason i bring this up is that the word pornography itself comes from the greek words for porne which literally means woman prostitute or pornos which means a male prostitute and and graphos, which means writing. So pornography originally meant in Greek uh, writing writings about, about prostitutes. Right. Writing exactly. Their, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, again, it's like they they don't know it, it's is it writing about prostitutes or the writings of prostitutes? Uh -huh. were, were prostitutes actually writing? You know, um, because in certain cultures in the like renaissance time period for example like prostitutes and homosexual men weren't considered part of the acceptable society so oftentimes prostitutes were the ones that would write you know or could write more honestly about what was going on at the time or even writers would use prostitutes as as a character device to be able to write about what was going on at the time because Interesting. prostitutes yeah prostitutes were outside of the the norm I guess it was why I want to say. So they were they were suited to hmm. be able to comment on what what the norm was doing. Ex exactly, exactly. Uh, and then John, we get into uh, one of the things that happened with the arrival of Christianity was this idea of agape, 
or agape love, uh-huh. which is more it, compared to eros, which is kind of like the ancient, this kind of ancient procreative type of love. And agape, uh, if well, if you know that eros was the Greek god of sexual love and passion, uh, known to the Romans as Cupid. But agape was supposed to spirit to be a spiritual or compassionate type of love that comes down from God. Okay. And then Eros, on the other hand, was again this kind of ancient love defined by passion, love, desire, and longing. Yeah. And Echo cites Anders Nigren, who said that, quote, the central motif of the Hellenic or Greek theory of salvation is desire, egocentric love for which man occupies the dominant position as both starting point and goal. The starting point is human need. The goal is the satisfaction of this need. So, and, and you know, you, you have this, this kind of tension between this or this conflict between these two types of love mm-hmm. of like agape love, which is pure love and, erotic love, which is more kind of uh, carnal love, I guess, mm-hmm. you, you know. The Madonna whore uh, of, of right. uh, early on. Right. And I mean, and you see that this this controversy between purity and carnality, I guess, or spirituality and carnality, you see it everywhere in, in Western culture for the last 2000 years, I think. And and I think you see it also in this debate about whether something is art or pornography is, you know, one side art is considered spiritual and pure and the other pornography is considered more base or animalistic, I guess you would say, or carnal, uh, less pure, I guess is, is what I would, would say. And so that just seems like the place for artists to get involved and mess with that. Like what... Let's let's find that line. Let's play in the gray. Let's, right, let's right. push people's buttons. You know. Yeah, yeah. Of like, let's see where this is, and because it always changes. You know, this mm-hmm. line is always changing because, as we talked about culture, culture is always evolving and changing. Right. So that line between the purity and then what's not pure. You know, for example, like we mentioned before, like for hundreds of years, Michelangelo's David was considered pure. It was purity. Right. <laughs> you, right. you, know, you know what I mean? He's just standing there. He's just standing there. He's not doing anything to arousing. He's not doing anything. He's just a beautiful sculpture. Yes. And and now you see for some people again that that line has become where it's pornographic. Not just a and, beautiful sculpture, but a beautiful sculpture of a biblical uh right. character. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh and, and, you know, there were times uh, during the Renaissance, uh, part of the conflict arose because Renaissance artists, you know, like Michelangelo or da Vinci, they often went back to these kind of classical Greek stories. And when they started painting like the Leda and the Swan story, which was very popular in the Renaissance as well, suddenly if you take it out of context of when it was an origin story for the ancient Greeks... And you have somebody in fifteen in the fifteen hundreds painting it. Yeah. Now suddenly people are looking at it, being like, "What's what's that swan doing between yeah. your legs?" Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and there was in in fit in the fifteen thirties, the Venetian painter Titian did a painting called the Venus of Urbino, 
And of course, when he's calling it a, a Venus, you think that, okay, this is a painting of a goddess. But, but this is actually just a, uh, it's a naked woman, not in some sort of, you know, idealized setting out, you know, on the plains of Elysium or something. But, but she's, she's actually in a bedroom. She's naked. Uh, in one hand, she's holding a bunch of flowers. And in the other hand is, uh, it's coming down and it looks like she's again over her uh, pubic area, kind of like the Nidos uh, Aphrodite. And it looks like she's doing it in, in modesty, like she's covering herself up in modesty. But over the years, people have looked at it and be like, you know, her fingers are a little more curved mm. than what they would be just to cover herself up. I see. And yeah. And, and Kelly Dennis has written in the book that, uh, that Mark Twain himself in his book, a tramp abroad went to see the Venus of Urbino and <laughs> Mark, I love Mark Twain, but apparently he was like outraged by the thing because he said that, you know, uh, given the attitude of one of her arms and hand, it was the foulest, the vilest, and the, and the most, or the obscenest picture the world possesses. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Come so, on. So, again, it's like, uh, you know, is she masturbating or is she just covering herself? But, again, it's it's like pushing those boundaries of, yeah, like, The artist is you sort know. of playing with our, our minds. Right. And that goes the same for Edouard Manet's uh, Olympia, which came out in 1863. And in Olympia, it's the same thing. It takes a lot from the Venus of Urbino. The same pose, only the, now this is the 1860s in Paris. And it's it's a woman who's obviously a courtesan or a, a prostitute, naked. Uh, Manet has raised her up a little bit in the canvas, made her higher. So where she's actually looking at the viewer like straight on <laughs> and, and her hand is in the uh, in the same position as the Venus of Urbino of uh, is it for modesty or is it, you know, self-pleasure at that point? Wow. And and what's interesting in with uh, in, in an article called Art 101, what's the difference between porn and art? Uh, a per person called Professor Lease, which is a pseudonym on Canadian broadcasting uh, or can Canadian television. She says that, you know, the thing about Monet's Olympia is that people actually recognize the woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you mean? Knew like she, they knew who she was. <laughs> and so when he exhibited it, people knew that she was a prostitute. Oh, and they knew the actual woman, and that they changed knew the everything. Woman. Right. And why right. is the Canadian historian using a pseudonym? What's going I, on I don't there? Know. I don't why know. Do you need I, a I tried to find. <laughs> you gotta figure that out. What are you afraid of? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why she uses a pseudonym. A great article, fantastic article, but uh, but I couldn't find. I had to just use her pseudonym for for the reference. That's interesting. Yeah. But but again, you know, it's uh, it was scandalous not because of the. I mean, the subject matter was scandalous, but then you put the whole other backstory, the context of it, of yeah. like probably a lot of the patrons knew her because they had gone to her. You know what That's I mean? Amazing. So. But if you don't yeah. know her, then is it, it, it do you, you don't you don't associate any of that with her? Right, right. 
And and I don't know, we you we will see it here in a little bit. We'll take a look at it. But again, all of these kind of play upon each other. So like, you know, uh, the Venus of Urbino play, you know, takes from the Aphrodite of Nidos. Manet's Olympia takes from the Venus of Urbino. So there's these certain images that people are always using to kind of push some buttons to kind of Abs- see like and where. still to this day. I mean, how many right. times have we seen a porn sex scene between Han Solo and Princess uh, <laughs> What's Your Face? Yeah. You know. Yeah, which brings, brings a fan fiction. I mean, fan fiction, again, yeah, is exactly. like taking. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you can get uh, Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse. I yeah, mean, you can yeah. find anything out there. Just trying to see where that line is, where that mm-hmm. line is between what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And again, like we said before, that line is always changing. That line is always moving. And mm-hmm. that line's not the same for everybody. You know? Right, right. Um, and since you brought up fan fiction, it's, it's interesting that I, I just want to touch upon sexually themed literature. And that is, you know, for most of the 17th and 18th centuries, the the most accessible pornography was through the written word, was through through books, you know what I mean? Um, And, you know, it's- Incredible porn out there that you just read. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, it'd take work. I don't know if people read pornography anymore. I'd actually be happy if people were actually reading, you know. Yeah. Um, I think Rousseau called it uh, porno- or pornography was uh, literature that you read with one hand. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Good night, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Get Thank you, Rousseau. Oh, Rousseau. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and in the book, The Invention of Pornography, Lynn Hunt says that the main lines of the modern pornographic tradition and its censor- censorship can be traced back to the 16th century Italy and 17th and 18th century France. And England, and then she says that writers and engravers of pornography came out of the demi monde, or kind of like the subculture of heretics, free thinkers, and libertines. No boy, so my people. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. But the thing is, they, they were the fun, the fun crowd. Yeah, the fun <laughs> people, the fun people that you actually want to go to their parties, you know. <laughs> Uh, but the thing is, modern pornography, she says, because it was coming out of that, it was related to like free thinking and heresy to science and natural philosophies. And and they would use uh, pornography or these kind of, you know, these descriptions of sex and the priests having sex and the king having sex to kind of make fun or satirize mm-hmm. the monarchy and and the church. So it was like it was an acceptable way pornography was being used and the nudity and these lascivious acts were being used to kind of express the corruption of those or or like just comment upon the current government. That's amazing. And it makes total sense because really sex is something that just levels the playing field. You know, bottom line is, you know, we're just (laughs) these sexual beings to, you know, get stimulated in order to propagate the species. And it's there's nothing fancy to it. Yeah. And if if you can imagine you tell stories about like a a prostitute getting a priest or a bishop's clothes off or something like that. And then he's just exposed. He doesn't have his protection of the hat or the robes or anymore. You know, power. Yeah. Right. 
Right. It's just like fart uh, jokes. You know, everybody <laughs> farts. So if you do the president farting, farting it, you know what? It's just yeah. saying, hey, he ain't nothing yeah. special. He puts his hey, pants man. on the same way we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alexander the Great, same thing. Yeah, he had King to wipe his Genghis butt. Kong. Yeah. Genghis Kong. Hell yeah. <laughs> we have diarrhea. It's like everybody else. Uh, and just uh, something I found fascinating uh, was, you know, we always think about like uh, pornography or the adult film industry taking advantage of the newest technology. Yes. For example, whether it be They're the internet or forefront. Yes. Yeah. Or the, the videotape. We're going to listen. The first robots aren't going <laughs> to fly our planes or drive our cars, everybody. Yeah, I'd be like, why did why did your brother get a robot? <laughs> it's like, why did he... Oh, it's to help around the house. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He, okay. he took his money after the divorce and bought a robot. <laughs> Everybody's going to know when that box shows up. You know, that's right. <laughs> Amazon delivers that life size box out of Everybody's your porch. Like, Oh yeah, you're gonna use that to mow your lawn, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's a, sure. It's a mini fridge. All right, I got it. It's a very thin mini fridge. That's uh, the thing. But in, the the robots won't end up doing any work at all because we're all falling in love with them. I know. We'll be I know. doing work for that. Can I shine your back? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, robot. Just give me a <laughs> shoulder massage again. Are <laughs> you look what I bought you? Look what I bought you today. Uh, in the 17th and 18th century, uh, the newest invention at that time was the novel, uh-huh. like as a literary form. Yes. And and so that's what pornography kind of goes along with the development of the novel. Yes. Of, and we talked about that in our episode on masturbation about how threatening, you know, the establishment was to the novel at the time. Yeah. Because the novel, you read it by yourself, usually off alone somewhere. And it was all about the imagination. You would yes. use the imagination to create your own reality. Yes. Uh, from the novel. It was so powerful, man. Right. And it had right. a beginning, middle, and end. It was like, <laughs> it satisfied right. across the board. Can you imagine yeah. when that was, when yeah. a book was coming out where it was like this detailed story and oh. chapters? Oh. And oh my God, it must have yeah. blown people's minds. Yeah. Is it crazy? I mean, you think about, now, like <laughs> people don't even read novels anymore. I don't think yeah. some people do. I do, do, but I read anything. Yeah, yeah. but you can. Oh, imagine, but even if you were, I mean, I I would say that I read somewhere where video games are now like the modern novel. Yes, for example, that's true. Video games are yeah. really well written. The good ones, they're really right. well drawn, and and you. Right. You have a freedom within it, but it still drives a narrative. It's it, it's amazingly complex storytelling right. device. It's it's incredible, incredible. But I I would say that if you know if video games, I, I think it would be the equivalent of a novel at the time, and that people yeah. usually do it by themselves, yep, off alone, yep, uh, and they create their own world. Which you know, what in the Enlightenment, what they did, were rationalists didn't like it because it's like. This is all imagination. This doesn't yeah. exist in reality. Yeah, there's nothing real here. Right, right. That's. I mean, that's so, just 
fantastic to think about it that way and what a revolutionary entertainment device the novel was i know i know i love it i love it and and being like so excited about it you know how subversive reading a novel was oh well anybody who's read a novel and been kind of enveloped in it has you know really fallen into it you know the kind of novel where you slow down reading at the end because you don't want it (laughs) to end that kind of that experience is so profound it's so right uh, right gratifying and and you you know a lot of the classics of pornography are novels so you have yeah. like in french you have l'école des filles which is like girls school <laughs> i mean it oh all sounds boy. like porns now academy well, uh, basically a soap opera yeah and, you know yeah. war and peace is like everybody's like oh war and peace is this high high you know but it's a soap opera really it's, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just telling these stories, just people just following each of them. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Fanny Hill was another one. It's a pornographic novel or considered pornography uh, that came out in England. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, but they're all just know that the novel and pornography, that's what went hand in hand at that time. Yeah. Period, I guess. Well, that's, yeah, that's good. That, you know, all the internet. The, the most successful yeah. business model on the internet is, uh, well, hate is number one, but yeah. number two is porn. Right, right. Um, John, let's move now before we end. I just want to take a look at some of these artworks that we oh, discussed. Oh, boy. Here we go. And, and now that you kind of have a background of things. Yeah, you've ruined it. Your- you've given me context. <laughs> now I can't just enjoy we're just going to talk about whether these are, you know, see if we can answer it now that we we make an informed decision on this. All right. Uh, So do you see the first one I sent you is the uh, Aphrodites of Nidos by uh, Praxiteles. And this is circa 350 BCE. Uh, This is the one that young guys would wait until everyone went home and then they would come up. And uh, <laughs> she's gorgeous. Um, yeah, she's uh, it's a it's a woman uh, standing with right. her her hand is sort of covering her uh, pubic region, and then she's right. got her hand on. She's holding a towel or a what is that? It's, they say it's a wrap, so we don't know. It, probably like her robe or you know. It, it could be a towel. I mean, the, the implication is you, we've caught her as she's coming out of the bath. Yes. And it she's a little surprised candid. by it. Yeah. It looks yeah. like a candid moment. However, she is standing in the contraposto. So, uh, <laughs> you know, she you see looked, how yeah. to, to, he had to represent her. I mean, to get her into that position, everybody were looking at a photo of uh, this is actually the Venus uh, or the colon of Venus, which is a copy of the, uh, uh, Nidos Aphrodite. Um, But the thing is, do you see how they had to to get her with her hip kind of stuck out to one side? Yes. He had to attach it into that vase or whatever that's next to her. See how Uh she's being held there with it. Oh, I see. That's for structure. That's to keep her standing up. I see. But, But there was something about that having her instead of just being seen straight on with her, you know, hands at her side or with her legs straight on, it was seen as so arousing 
to see her oh. in that kind of stepping out with her her hip out at one side. I don't and, see it. I mean, I don't see anything <laughs> pornographic about this. I mean, it's a, she's a beautiful yeah. woman. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. With that short hair that they, that, right. That just, um, yeah. She, you know, sure. Pretty, but erotic. No, I don't see right. it. You? No, well, I mean, just looking at it, I don't consider it erotic. I don't even think if it was painted flesh colored, you know, if it was painted lifelike, I don't think that would be. I would yeah. find that arousing. But yeah. then again, well, but uh, of course we've seen fist fuck four, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've had the, uh, what is it? Victoria's secret catalog. <laughs> since, no. We've had it shoved um, in our faces since the get go. Right. But go to the next, next photo, Whoa. John. And this is a detail of okay. the, the nighty and Aphrodite and yeah, everybody, this, is, this your... is one seen from behind. Yes. Yeah. Okay, now that, <laughs> that is a beautiful laugh. There's no question. I, yeah, I would I say, mean, yeah, Praxiteles. I, I this one, I can kind of see how people were going crazy over it. Yeah, you know what I mean. A, that's a nice butt, and it's got the two dimples, you know, above right you know, the uh, where the the tailbone is, and yeah, that's a that's right. a great ass. <laughs> so I think. Praxiteles, I, I think, I don't know. It, it, like, I guess you carve it all in one piece or something, but Jesus. I, you, it's like, I got, I got it, something to sex sell. Sex sells. I got to do something. I got to get the ass right. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't start over. You know what I mean? If yeah, you're carving a statue, you can't okay, start maybe over. Maybe it's a drape. Maybe it's a towel. <laughs> get the ass right. Yeah. But again, that one, I can kind of, uh, I don't know. It, it's it, it, I could see why you know you would hide in the dark to go grab that thing. I yeah, guess. that's a nice butt. So, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, John. Let's go on to the next one. This is uh, a Ooh. a copy of the Venus of Urbino by Titian. This is what we were talking about. It was painted oh. in 1534. Uh, this is the one that Mark Twain said was the vilest and most obscene uh, painting Jesus in the world. Twain, come on. <laughs> Yeah. God, there's some weird stuff happening in the background. I got a woman rolling up her sleeve. It looks like like she's gonna hit somebody. Well, that's the whole thing. These are obviously just servants working in the bedroom of this mm -hmm. woman, and and so people were saying like, uh, okay, you're calling it Venus, so you're expecting it to be a goddess or a representation of pure beauty, right? But yet this is this isn't set in like you know. Uh, the Acropolis or something. This isn't set, you know, up on on top of with Zeus and everybody in the background. This is obviously in somebody's bedroom in the 1530s. I see. So it, yeah, <clears throat> it makes it very uh, every day, which is somehow more titillating that she's yeah right she's not, right. It's not it's not protected in any way. She's got a and dog if that's you, at her feet. Yeah, uh, and apparently the dog would be up. put in there. The dog in, in Renaissance paintings was a, uh, it was a symbol of devotion. Like if you see a dog in the painting, painters would put the dog in there to kind of represent uh, devotion or loyalty. Um, oh, okay, makes sense. But but what's interesting about this one, you see her, she's looking right at the viewer. Yeah, for that's thing. pretty intense. Yeah. 
And you see her left hand, and this is the one that drove everybody crazy, mm-hmm. is it looks like it's trying to cover up for modesty, but then people are like, but look how her fingers are curved <laughs> at that point. Jesus. <laughs> so, oh. so again, I'm thinking that uh, to me, I don't, I don't see anything. Uh, I, again, I don't see anything pornographic about this painting. Yes. Um, I think it's a stretch for somebody. If you're the one thinking that that's her, she's masturbating, I think that says more about you. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's what we have to say to Twain. Right. Right. You you know, what's interesting though, Twain, like he grew up in the, the old West in saloons and stuff. And they always had those paintings of nude women above the bar. You know what I mean? So like, no. what is he talking about that? He's offended by this thing. I don't you know. know. He was, yeah. and, and if you're f- offended, you know, that's like, you smelt it, you dealt it, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. You're offended because it's, you find it very titillating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go I, to the next one, John. This is a, uh, this is the Olympia by Edouard <laughs> Manet. Okay. And, and you see how it's, it's a takeoff of the Venus of Urbino, where it's yes. like copying the, the pose of the Venus of Urbino. Yes. And, and everybody, again, this is a, a nude woman laying on a bed. Uh, and in this one, what Manet has done is she's, uh, if you notice again, he's raised her up on the canvas. So she's a little bit yeah. higher than what, what yeah. normally people would look at. And she's got to, she's get, wearing her shoes in bed. <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Right. And some so jewelry. People have said, She's got a choker on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and people have said. Like, yeah. She looks no, like go a ahead, badass. Hey, she looks like a badass yeah. to me. Like that's a woman who, you know, knows how to throw apart. Look at her. She's just so confident. It's like, what? I know. I know. I what? know. And, and, and that's what people have said about this one is that, okay, she's obviously like in between visitors. You know, like it looks like he's caught her with like she's taking a break in between people showing up like, wow, OK, come on, paint me. And then, you know, I got the marquee go. to something <laughs> showing, up, showing up. And and that's what people have said, too, is like she's uh, it's not idealized in a way. She's just a yeah. naked woman who isn't apologetic for anything. Right. She's just That's staring right at, at yes. you. There's yes. a confidence. Uh, uh, she's she's like, she feels, she's not intimidated or embarrassed in, or shy in any way. Right. She's just like, what? Right. What do you, what? Get, let, get yeah. all right, paint me. Come on. Yeah. yeah, I'm naked. I'm busy. Just yeah. do it. Let's go on. Um, but you see again with like the uh, correlations with the Venus of Urbino where she has a black cat. I'm not sure if you could see it. She has a black cat oh, on the yeah. bed instead of a dog. Oh, and then like again. Cat. Yeah, I had a cat. <laughs> yeah, looks like Shecky. Looks like it Shecky. It does look right. like Shecky. Yeah. Um, but again, I wouldn't consider this one to be pornographic. You know what no. I mean? I'm looking at it. I don't think no. it, it's not arousing. I think it's a fascinating painting, but I, I don't yeah. think it would be pornography to me agreed you yeah know? me neither if i saw that in a museum i would just go huh cool yeah yeah okay let's go to the next one john um uh-huh. this one we're getting into photography now this is a photograph of lisa lyon by robert maplethorpe yeah uh, in 1980 photo. yeah yeah and uh maplethorpe uh was 
photographer in the 80s and 90s who's controversial because of his subject matter. Lisa Lyon was the uh, first world women's bodybuilding champion yeah. in 1979. And, and one of the things he later, he took a lot of photographs of her and, and, it, and it was put into a book. And in the introduction to the book, Samuel Wagstaff said, of course, Maplethorpe always makes it more difficult for himself by deliberately framing everything and everybody in the same straitjacket style. The world reinvented as logic, precision, sculpture, and obvious light and shadow. And and again, for me, this one—I mean, she's completely nude. Uh, yeah. She's flexing her muscles, yeah, uh, flexing her legs. And there's just something about—I don't consider this pornography either. There's just something—the strength I of I don't, it. I don't find it sexual. I find it uh, right. just powerful and. And, uh, right. could, I mean, she's obviously she's an amazing shape, but there's nothing right. sexual about it. No, um, you know, I, I don't think, right. I, I just see like, right. and I do think the way it's shot is incredible. Um, it's, uh, I like how he talks about where Wagstab mentions sculpture because it's something yes. like, uh, Maplethorpe is by, with the photograph, like capturing somebody in, in movement forever, but, but making that movement static has made them into a statue and it's yeah. almost like a statue in this. It movie. is. So, it really is. That is know. a statue. Yeah. The pose, all I, of I, it. Yep. Yeah. I love that photograph, but again, uh, not, not arousing, but just like fascinated by it. Like the strength of that photo. Yep. Yep. Okay. Let's go to the, the next one, John. Okay. Hello. And this is, <laughs> so, so this is a photograph of a it's a close-up from mid-back to mid-thigh of a man from behind this is a maplethorpe it's a photograph of lowell smith um again lowell is uh the subject is is flexing his buttocks uh you could see some it looks like some maybe some scrotum there oh yeah but, but again it's black and white yep and and Linda Need, uh, again, talking about the work with Lisa Lyon, but I would say with this one too, said the hard edges and stark chiaroscuro, which is like when light and dark of the yeah. images transform the body into sculpture. Yes. And yes. yeah, go with, with this one. I would say, again, it's like it, it's a sculpture. It's, a, it's an abstract sculpture almost. Yes. Like it's, looking at this It's one. not human. It's become something else. It's, and I think that's, right. that's kind of what you're, what I guess you're saying. And for pornography, you're trying to do the opposite, aren't you? You're trying to right. make it as accessible. So yeah. Right. Well, the scrotum dip is something that uh, you don't see a whole lot. Right. <laughs> uh, so right. there's that, right. but I don't know, man. Yeah. I would not. I would see this as a, a little, uh, you know, uh, edgy, but not right pornographic by any means. I, you know, what's what's interesting too, like looking through through these and trying to pick out one to talk about is Maplethorpe also did a lot of photographs of flowers, mm -hmm. and flowers are very sexual, very you know, because you have the the their sex organs are just hanging out there, you know, yeah. And and that's why with O'Keefe it was always like very sexual to have f her paintings of flowers because flowers can't help but be sexual. 
Right. Um, and and it's the same thing with this one. You know, what people would say with a lot of O'Keefe's things is like you could hang it upside down, other word, and it would still be interesting. That's and I true. think this photograph, this photograph, even if you turned it upside down, it's still fascinating. Like it's yeah. it's become something else. It's an abstraction that you, you want to stare at it, but not from a sexual standpoint, but just the shape of everything. Agreed. So, Agreed. Um, okay, John. And then finally, this is our last one. This is uh, <laughs> this is from a show by Jeff Koons. I'm not sure if you know Jeff. Yes, I do. No, well, Jeff the balloon animals usually. You right. See, like, those right. are sort of famous. Um, but. In 1991, he did a show called Made in Heaven. And if you think about like, well, what do we talk about when we say Made in Heaven? Usually we say it's a match made in heaven. And the match that we're talking about here is that Coons is an artist and his wife at the time was uh, Ilona Stoller, who was a porn star in Italy known as Cicciolina. Okay. <laughs> and and so Chicholina, she actually ran for parliament at the time. And oh, uh, I know. I, she was a story, member yeah. of parliament, which is fascinating in and of itself. In yeah. Italy, you could be a, an actual porn star and be elected to government office and parliament right. um, compared to other places where like you even get caught <laughs> like having coming out of a porn theater and that would ruin your, you know, yeah. your political yeah. career. Yeah. Um, but in the show Made in Heaven, what Coons did is he actually did explicit artworks of him and Chicholina, his wife, having sex at the time. And they were so in other words, he's blending this idea of what is art and what is pornography. He literally puts pornography in an art museum. It's he is so, literally yeah. <laughs> But what's great about this is, first of all, the title. It's called Jeff on Top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it also it 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 reminds me of like action figures or th- or collectibles right, that people right. would have because they're they're on in this little um, God, what do you call it? Like they're on these rocks. It's like an environment, yeah, yeah. kind of a, a plastic thing that you could see as a collectible. Uh, yeah, somebody, for somebody who might collect, you know, Star Wars figures, and you know, you've got Han Solo shooting on right, right, on a, right. On a thing, but here he is just having sex with his wife, and right. there's and no you, penetration. I mean, they're obviously having sex, but there's something cartoony about it. Right, right. Just captured seeing it, not a photograph, but seeing like, and this is huge. This thing is huge. Like it's. Wow. Uh, uh, like it's 55 inches by 109 inches by 71 inches. So it's, it's life size, but it's, it's very large and wow. go to the next one. Uh, the next one, these are all from made in heaven because it's like, the reason I put these in is because it's literally somebody taking pornography and making artwork from, from pornography. It. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And done. I mean, they're just oh, incredible. Yeah. yeah. And but this one again, he's kind so of heightened about it. Something so uh, dramatic and and not prurient in any way. Like there's something <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, let's go. If you go to the next photo again, you'll see. I put in some photos from the actual show itself. Oh, I see. Whoa. Yeah. And if okay. you see, <laughs> yeah, okay, how it starts getting prurient. Yeah. But, but the thing is, there's something about. Uh, 
like he did these ones of his wife giving him a blowjob, for example, <laughs> but it's made out of glass. It's really uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's something about it being made out of it's you take it the sexual image and then make it out of glass and suddenly it's not I don't know, it's removed. It's a step yeah, removed it, from it or something. Yeah, it's true. Wow. When was this show? Nineteen ninety one, I think. Wow. And 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 if you look in the background, John, see the uh, on that upper photograph, you see that painting or that that photograph there on the wall is huge. It's like seven by five feet. Wow. But again, it's his wife giving him a blowjob, and and it's silk screened. It's silk screened. It's posed in this. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, and then go to we'll finally we'll get to the the last one here, and you'll see some of the other uh-huh. some of the other, but but they're enormous. And again, this is him and his wife. And what's interesting too to me is that she's completely comfortable in these positions because that's her work, right? Her medium, and he's the one that kind of looks a little uncomfortable Awkward. in there. Yeah, I think. that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, but again, <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. It's fascinating to me. I don't find it's something about it being so explicit, it's almost like trying so hard to be explicit. Uh-huh. And then blowing it up into this kind of like huge medium. You know what I mean? Like yeah. se- it's a it's a porn p- photo that's been silk screened by seven by five feet high. Wow. And we the- put it in a gallery and suddenly it's not sexual to me anymore. Yeah. You know. He's got the balls, man, to put that, you know, <laughs> man, he really went I don't know. for it. I know. I know. I don't know what it is. I, I don't yeah. know what it is, but it's not pornography to me anymore by making yeah. it so explicit. Yeah. It was weird. So it was bizarre. weird. Yeah. I mean, this to me, this is uh, the most blurred the lines can get of, of the ones we've seen. I mean, this is actual... Right pornography you're starting in the world of <laughs> pornography and bringing it into the world of art uh yeah but it's amazing these are yeah. how did i never see these i know uh, people people hate you know you either love or hate jeff coons it seems yeah. like yeah and a lot of people hated this show they hated this show and i think it's um because this is the discussion I think he was having is like, okay, you want to argue about what's art or porn? We'll put actual porn, but we'll make it in another medium. You know what I mean? Right. Um, There was also Alina Cohen in an article called what's the line between art and pornography. She talks about a piece done by uh, the artist, Andrea Frazier called untitled 2003 and Frazier, the, the, piece is like Frazier had a collector pay her $20,000 to sleep with her. And then she, she videotaped it or like did a film of it. And then the collector got to keep the videotape of it. (sighs) But, but it's this whole commentary. So it's using pornography again, like we were talking about, like comment on something. And prostitution and, and the relationship between the artist and the buyer and what are you, right. what are you really doing? It's <laughs> high art, but then they're just going to hang it on their wall next to their TV. Right. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. I love that and, kind of stuff. Yeah. And again, her whole point was, you know, and people would objectify her when they would do reviews of her shows, like male critics would always talk about how beautiful she was mm. and her looks. And so it's like, okay, let's 
talk about that now. Like if, if that's how you're going to objectify me, then like pay me $20,000 and you get a videotape of yeah. it. And that's the artwork. That's the piece. Is that, you know? Yeah. Is that any different than what you're doing to me already? Right. Uh, that's exactly. really cool. That's like that, you know, <laughs> Yoko Ono, uh, that famous uh, piece yeah. that he did called cut where they come up and cut a piece right. of her dress off. Um, right. Which right. is like, if you haven't seen that, yeah, it's on YouTube. You yeah. Check that out. Yeah. It's really powerful. Um, um, anyway, I guess, you know, John, and that brings us to the end of this episode and hopefully, I don't know, do you have any final thoughts about like this debate about art or pornography? Is it art? Is it pornography? Well, ultimately you get to like the art, I, for me, you get to the conversation that you have often, which is that everything is everything. And, right, right. <laughs> you know, and that we like to bifurcate and 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 put things in boxes and and try to draw lines when in fact there are no lines there never were any yeah. lines i mean it's it's like yeah. the um it's like the person who says uh sees a <clears throat> some a, a blank canvas and says well i could have done that yeah but you right, didn't right and somebody had yeah, to do it yeah yeah i you know to me after researching this whole thing, I, I would say, you know, the first thing you want to do is if, if your initial reaction is like, get this the hell out of here. I don't want to see it. I think you need to just pause for a second. Not saying that you have to like it eventually. Right. But I'm saying just pause for a moment and think to yourself, why is this bothering me? What is this doing to me? What is this? Why is this causing this reaction in me? And is this the reaction that the artist wanted me to have? Mm-hmm. That's by, great. Are, are they making that reaction in me? And if so, is there a bigger picture to this thing or, or like a bigger theme or a bigger reason for this than just to kind of arouse me? And, and then I think, you know, ultimately you may still say, okay, this is pornography. I don't want this in a gallery. And I, I, and I'm not saying kids should see it. I still say that parents should be, you know, made aware of the fact if there's something explicit right. before it's shown to their children. But but I'm just saying that, you know, at least then you can say when instead of just saying, oh, it's pornography, you could say why it's pornography. Yes. And yeah. And, and then that you can requires you to stay in the uncomfortable moment. Yeah. And that yeah. to me is what's so powerful about the pieces that you've shown, particularly Maplethorpe and uh, Coons. Yeah. Is that it requires you to kind of stay in that no man's land of like oh this is weird but yeah yeah, uh, yeah. which is something that we try i think we run away from particularly in western culture like we don't we don't right. want that we can't abide that uncomfortable feeling um yeah and it's just a feeling that's all it is um, right right but i and know i run that... from it all the time I, if i'm uncomfortable yeah. I, I don't want to experience it uh, rather than yeah. just recognizing, hey, I'm just uncomfortable. That's not the end of the world. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you still could get out of it, but just understand yeah. why. And and to master that discomfort, I think uh, you you nailed it on its head. Is like it's that discomfort of like I I'm anxious. I want to I want to run. I want to get out of here. Or get that thing the hell out of here. Yeah. But to master that, uh, that's the true art. I think yeah. it's mastering yeah. your emotion or mastering what you're seeing and your it reaction isn't about trying to make it go away. If you right. try to make it go right. away and you make it worse, it's about just kind of being in that and allowing yourself right. to be in that, which is a <laughs> yeah. trippy experience. 
Yeah. Um, Maybe there's not a resolution to it. Maybe it just it stays uncomfortable forever. Yeah. I don't know. But, right, right. But I think there's value in that. I, I really do. Yeah. So do I. Wow. All I right, John. This. I love the addendum. <laughs> and for those of you who are uh, not watching us on YouTube and, and – uh, uh, we we will. Uh, how are we going to do this? We got to post these uh, the addendum somehow. Uh, I, so I guess I I guess I will try to find them. I have a list of the sources where they're from. Why don't we post the list? Just okay. so there's no copy copyright issues or anything. I'll just post where I found them, and then people can go and look them and, and look check it out itself. Good. How's I that love sound? That. Love that. Well <laughs> I don't want to get sued. Don't want right. to get sued. Well, and we want to do the right thing. We want them, you know, yeah, we don't want to exploit yeah. them any further. Uh, yeah. But that's so great. What a great episode. Wow. A corn. We could go on. For, yeah. I know yeah. what I'm doing as soon as, it. as soon as this podcast <laughs> is over. I read somewhere where somebody was like, somebody summed it up as saying like, okay, pornography is meant to, to move you to action. <laughs> that's meaning to touch yourself. <laughs> And, and art is moved to, to is meant to move you to think. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's how they define the difference. Uh, yeah, I right, like that. Right. I like that. And, and so I don't know. Again, it's going to be different for everybody. But just again, don't. There are no easy answers for anything. Is, is all I can say to people is like you got to you got to think about it. So listen, we're not about answers. We're just about <laughs> unfurling the human experience, and we've done it right. yet again. This is John Mayer, right. human number two, signing off. And this is human number one, John McCray. Thank you for joining us, everybody. If you found this podcast interesting, uh, please tell a friend about it. And uh, be sure to check us out on, the, uh, on our Facebook and on our Instagram. And go to the art museum, everybody. <laughs> go to the art museum. Go to the art All museum. All right. I love you guys. Love Thanks, you. John. Love you. Bye. Bye.